This is Brett from Dimension Z, joined as I am every week by Greg of the Dead. How you doing, man? Doing good. How you doing? Awesome, because we're doing House of a Thousand Corpses. Like, when I think of Halloween and October time, this movie's just so ingrained in my, like, in my soul. Of I remember watching this from, like, in middle school. And it would always be like, oh yeah, it's, you know, October. I have to watch House of a Thousand Corpses. I, it is a great Halloween movie. I didn't actually adopt the watching it on Halloween, though, until probably you started mentioning it. Every now and then I'd watch on Halloween, but it wasn't like a always watch on Halloween movie. No, I did last year and maybe the year before. It does fit very well when it. Halloween's obviously the obvious one. Right. And then I typically just switch it up depending what there is. Usually, yeah, this is one of my, like, 90% of the time, this is a watch on Halloween Day movie. It's like this, Trick or Treat, um, like you said, the original Halloween movie. And depending on what else has been released that year, I will then usually just, like, breeze through as many of the Halloween movies as I can. Exactly. Like, great ones, like part six. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> So it's weird talking about this because back in the day, I always liked Rob Zombie movies. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I've always been a fan. I didn't come across the fact that half of like, you, I guess you call it the horror community despises Rob Zombie until like <laughs> the past few years. I learned this. I'm like, I always thought he was universally loved. Oh, it's to the point of any time Rob Zombie releases anything. Or anyone mentions him in a horror group on Facebook or on Twitter or anywhere. It's just like a mob of people like, fuck Rob Zombie and like beating the fuck out of like their face of like, he's the worst thing that's ever happened. And then you get the people like, no, he's Jesus. And I'm like, I like a lot of his stuff. I'm not a, f I don't love all of his stuff. I don't like 31. I don't like his second Halloween movie, you know. Yeah, exactly. I'm not saying that he has no misses, because believe me, there's some big misses. But, like, I always have been a fan, and I didn't realize how polarizing of a director he was until not that long ago. Or people were like, oh, he just makes it's all, like, dirty rednecks yelling and cussing at each other and stuff. It's like, well, I enjoy that those kind of gritty movies still exist. It feels like a 70s movie. Yeah, and I mean, that's his style, so I get it if it rubs you the wrong way. I mean, and that's valid, too. I could perfectly get why someone wouldn't be into it. Right. So just fair warning, if you do hate it, I'm on the more fan of it side. Especially for this movie, because I believe it's hard to pin down exactly what my favorite Rob Zombie movie is. I'm pretty sure it's House of a Thousand Corpses. Oh, mine's Devil's Rejects. See, it's, it's mine flip-flops every once in a while. It's usually whichever one I watch last. So right now, it's House. Fair point. Um, but so House of a Thousand Corpses from 2003, written and directed by Rob Zombie. The origin of this movie is really cool because uh, Rob Zombie did one of the universal Halloween Horror Nights haunted houses that they do. Right. And wasn't based on anything. He just designed it himself called House of a Thousand Corpses. And it was so popular that like, well, why don't you make a movie based on it? Now, he did direct before, like he's directed his music videos and stuff like that. 
this was his first feature that he got. And watching some of those music videos, like right before he did this movie, he's basically making little tiny movies. If he just like reshoots uh, the do- uh, the cabinet of Doctor Caligari in like a three and a half minute tiny movie, you know. Yeah, and like if you ever see Rob Zombie live or have watched his videos, it's very reminiscent of this movie in the fact like the random little things that are just inserted throughout the movie. That's like on the big trons he has behind him, just like little flashes of like some giant monster, some crazy killer stuff playing behind him. So it definitely is very authentic Rob Zombie. Yeah, well, there's like just random people that show up in this of like there's the couple and the husband's like Bigfoot fuck my wife. And he's like he was a gentle <laughs> lover. And then you got like the crazy old guy with the shotguns like uh I know death. This is hell. We are in hell. <laughs> So, I know Rob Zombie looks back on this, and he is not a huge fan of House of a Thousand Corpses. He Because, I think it's because he's grew as a director, he's like, all I see when I look at it is mistakes, mistakes, mistakes. And, I mean, it's his first one, I get that. Because little things like that, I know he's like, why did I put that in there? Yeah. And, to be fair, I'm like, yeah, why did you, Rob? But, whatever. I could see that almost, of like, I don't think anyone that puts out anything doesn't like the early stuff. Like, I know I don't like our early episodes, but there could be oh, I people fucking despise them. that like them. I hate them. It's like, I'll go back to listen to, like, the first ten episodes of Tell Em Steve Dave, and they're super unpolished, and there's just, like, King Diamond playing in the background and shit, and the door chimes going off, and you can hear people talking in the background, but I adore it. That's fair. Still, I'm gonna get rid of ours one day. Yeah, they're gonna be gone. <laughs> <laughs> we're just we're re uh, we're re uh, record them and just put them as number one. It'll be like George exactly. Lucas doing his special editions. <laughs> That's the plan. So you want to get into this thing? Yes, let's record this fucker. All right. So it starts with Doctor Wolfenstein's Creature Feature Show. Some um, you know, just some looks like old footage, like from a TV playing of a horror host. But it's in the middle of it. We get a Captain Spaulding ad for his. What's it called? His House of Oddities or whatever? Yeah, and um, Dr. Wolfenstein reminds me so much of Zachary. Yeah, I think he's actually going for that, too. With I, I didn't know that, of course, like, when I first started watching this movie when I was in middle school. But how the uh, hairs parted, the makeup and everything. Now, there's, like, little added things Zachary didn't do, like the teeth on the lips where there's, like, the lines. But he had the shaded cheeks and stuff. So this guy, it's like, and Zachary was still alive at this time, so they could have gotten him. Yeah, I mean, maybe it was just a Zachary isn't going to do a Rob Zombie movie who's never directed anything in his life type thing, or I don't know. Yeah, who, who knows? knows? <laughs> but then we get our time card of October 30th, 1977. Yeah. Captain Spaulding's closing up shop at his little gas station, House of Oddities, murder tour, and fried chicken restaurant. He's really trying to take over the entire industry. He's, he has his, like, hands in everything. Of, like, one of these things is gonna take off. He's there talking to this guy, who I guess works there as his friend, but he's closing up for the night. And then the robbery comes in. Two guys break in with ski masks, like, with shotguns pointed at him. You know, put your hands in the air, all that shit. Yeah, the guy's talking about, like, he's trying to sell these autographed pictures he has, but I can't sell these. My name's all over them. But they're not, like, a famous actor or anything. It's just naked ladies. So I don't know if this is from, like, Playboy or something, or it's, like, 
it looks like a magazine like that that he just got like the playmates to sign the pictures. Probably for the time, yeah, probably. Yeah, they break in, they're holding the place up and everything, and the one who's pointing the gun at Spalding says, "I hate clowns," and you just see his face go from like. Still not worried, but like, okay, do what you say to just piss the hell off right here. Well, at first, he's almost kind of just fucking around with him because Spalding knows I have the upper hand here. You guys are fucked. You have no idea. But then as soon as he's like, I hate chicken and I hate clowns. It's like, what did you say? Because that's what I love it because it's an awesome shot of the guys pointing the gun in Spalding's face. And then Spalding takes a piece of fried chicken and points it at his face like, why don't you take your mama home some fried chicken and get the fuck out of my shop? (laughs) (laughs) I like when he puts his hands up, he flips them off and turns them around. But then the countdown starts. You got till the count of ten to give me all the money. Ten. Fuck your mama. Nine. Fuck your sister. (laughs) <laughs> just counts down from there. Fuck your grandma! <laughs> and then he gets closer to one, and the doors break open, and like Spalding's little mascots for the store, these guys with giant big clown heads, come breaking in with like baseball bats, right? Well, it's like a giant mallet thing. Yeah, that's what it is, like a big hammer. Yeah. And kill these guys who are robbing them. And then Captain Spalding looks, and most of all, Fuck you! And kills him. Yeah, it's great. It's like, oh, a motherfucker got blood all over my great, cl- my good clown shoes. <laughs> <laughs> and then, opening credits set to the song "House of a Thousand Corpses," which I guess this would probably be the first time you heard these songs because yeah. both um, "Pussy Liquor" and "House <laughs> of a Thousand Corpses," which are Rob Zombie like staples now, like when you see him or listen to his music. I guess we're for this mu- movie. I love, whenever we're on a trip and Red Hot Pussy Liquors comes up and it's the goober part, it's like, I like to get fucked up and do fucked up shit too. It's like, I bet you do. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I do love the song House of a Thousand Corpses. Oh, so yeah. Much. It's good. But then we're introduced to Jerry, Bill, Mary, and Denise. They're like our main crew throughout this movie. I want to say that, but let's be real. The main crew is the Firefly family. Yeah, these are almost, it's just the fodder for them to, like, dance around. Yeah, exactly. But Jerry is played by Chris Hardwick, and Bill is played by Rain Wilson. So two yeah. very notable names. It's insane that Dwight is in this movie. <laughs> yeah, and no offense to the two playing the girls, but those are two that I recognize right away right. when I see those guys. And... They stop in at Spalding's to get gas, and they're they're walking around on the side, and Bill starts interviewing him about the place. It's like, why are you asking so many questions? Because they're doing... Did they say they're writing a book on it? Yeah, they're writing a book on, like, the weird, like, uh, roadside attractions you'll find when you're going cross-country. And I look at Spalding's like, I don't... I've never driven cross-country. It's like, yeah, but if you would, he's like, but I'm not. It's so awkward right from the get-go. This is like classic hillbilly horror setup. You know, the city kids come into the, like, podunk town and somehow offend. You know, we've seen this a thousand times. Even, like, Texas Chainsaw, Pumpkinhead, uh, Deliverance. You know, you could go on on any of those type of things. And this is the classic setup for it. And it's great because then Captain Spaulding goes right into, like, Oh, you think we're just a bunch of hillbillies, huh, right? Hey, Ma, saddle up the mule. I'd have got to go get me some edumacation. Fuck you, asshole. He's like, no, really, I didn't mean any offense. And he's like, gotcha. 
Yeah, he's just joking with him the whole time. Man, Rain Wilson looks young here, doesn't he? Yeah, he really does. It's so weird because I can't see him, though, not think Dwight. Exactly. It's like any time Jenna Fisher shows up in anything, I'm like, it's Pam! I know. (laughs) But they find out that he has a murder tour. Like, he runs out of this place. Another thing is hands in. And they decide to go on it and... It's just this big guy pushes them along a track, like, while they're sitting in, like, what would be a roller coaster car, but just pushed along this, while Captain Spaulding stands in the front and gives them a tour of famous killers and things like that. Like, and they have little animatronics, like a Spirit Halloween type thing. One of those animatronics is, like, my favorite part of this movie, and it's it's exactly, like, two seconds. And it's a zombie torso banging his head on a gate, just yelling, Why? 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 Over and over again, but it's not like, why? It's like, why? Why? It's just so fucking funny. It's just calm. Yeah. He just wants to know why. But they go through um Albert Fish, uh, who is a real serial killer who liked to like push pins into his uh, body, which is true because they took an x-ray of him and he had like all this metal inside of him. And he yep. was a cannibal. Then they get to Ed Gein. And I get Butcher. You know, he liked to play with dead bodies. Sure. He was not a cannibal. Hey, you can't blame um, Captain Spaulding for trying to hype it up on the tour. The internet wasn't out yet. He can get away with stretching the truth to try to impress these city kids. I, I know, but every single time, it's just like, the I can't not say it. My brain will tickle until people are like, oh yeah, Ed Gein the cannibal was like, well, actually... <laughs> and then there's all set up to get to the head attraction and the story of dr satan dr satan who's a evil murderer killer and they hung him but the next day they went back and his body was gone maybe he's still out there yeah he was like an intern for like a mental health hospital yeah, doing experiments on the patients there and everything like that to create a race of superhumans. Yeah, it does great black and white of like him like working on someone on a table and their arms and legs are going every which way. Yep. Um, fun fact real quick too about the um Ed Gein scene because they do something with that too of they show like almost looks like stock footage of Ed Gein of it's in that super grainy like black and white. Yeah, that was filmed in Rob Zombie's basement. A lot of the little snippet things were because they weren't giving them any more money for the budget. The movie looked like it wasn't going to come out. They filmed a ton of it. Like, I think Mosley even plays like another part in it. As, yeah. Like, not as Otis. Like, they just did all these tiny little things like that they spliced throughout the middle in Rob's basement. He, uh, Otis, um, Bill Mosley also plays like a newscaster for like a few yeah. seconds on the TV. Because you cannot yep. mistake that voice. There's no hiding Bill Mosley's voice. It is so distinct. Yeah, I have thoughts on him when we get to him that's different than the rest of these movies. Okay. Denise calls home. The only reason I bring this up is because we get a quick shot of Trick or Treat. Yes, which as soon as that comes up, I'm like, yes! I don't care that it's like a three-second shot and then we go away. I'm like, thank you. I love just seeing Trick or Treating happen. And like the entire yes. neighborhood is decked out in decorations. Everyone's gone all out. Why can't my neighborhood be like this? It's like me and two other people. <laughs> yeah, maybe this year. Yeah. But we have a news clip about five missing cheerleaders. Where do you think they are? Oh. But before they leave, Jerry is so excited because he gets off the ride. He's going, Dr. 
Dr. Satan! Yes. And honestly, kind of a cringy, excited oh, level. The, the, I ex- 100% would see that as me and you coming out of there and me being like, oh my god, dude, that was so fucking cool. Yeah, but I don't realize how weird it is when we're doing it. Oh no, when you see someone else do it. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's what we look like. Yeah. But he goes in and pester Spaldings for directions to the hanging trees. Like, it's just an old legend. He's like, come on. He's like, fine, I'll draw you a map. And he draws them out some directions, and they're on their way there. Where they pass a hitchhiker. Who's the hitchhiker? Oh, it's Sherry Moon Zombie. A staple of every single Rob Zombie movie. I love the ongoing meme of Rob Zombie's remaking Jaws. Sherry Moon Zombie is playing the shark. Like... I do too, but you know what? I'm not gonna lie. I like Sherry Moon Zombie, so I've never complained about it. I like her as well. Like, I know she's not the greatest actress that's ever lived, but I think she's pretty good. And she fits well in these movies, it seems. Yeah, I wonder, um, full disclosure, we're recording this one right before the Monsters one has actually released the movie. So I'm hoping her Lily Monster's good. We will see. From uh, You already know at this point, so I don't even know why I'm saying it. Yeah, we already know as well, and you know, but... This is past Greg and Brett. As from what I see in the trailer, she's she'll make a good Lily Monster. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, but they pick her up and they're like, they're "Like, what are you doing out here? We're going to the hanging tree." Oh, I know where that is. That's right by my house, actually. Perfect. And she starts like forgetting where she's taking them right away, and then like, "Oh no!" But they're right by her house, and the tire goes flat, because, what's the name, RJ, the random brother who barely speaks? It's like, his name's Rufus Jr., we call him RJ, and I love Chris Hardwick's, like, makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) He shoots out the tire, they think they just got a flat, and Baby's like, we're right by my house, I can walk you there, my brother has a tow truck, Bill goes with her, and they go to the house while everyone else waits in the car. It's pouring down rain. That's why everyone doesn't go. Yeah, and Sherry, uh, baby, this whole time, it's I don't know if she's actually has the hots for Bill or she's just fucking around. I th- I constantly think she's fucking around because this is like a staple of her throughout the movies doing this kind of shit. Oh yeah, because even in Devil's Rejects, she like seduces that old guy. Yes, but they get to the house. She's like, "This is my doll collection," and it's just all these like burnt. Heads ripped off, destroyed baby dolls, hang, like, nailed to the outside of the house on the porch. She's just like, yeah, I used to, you know, tear the heads off and nail them here on the porch. <laughs> Dude, I love the laugh. Oh, it's so creepy and cringy, but also works so well. Oh, yeah. All right. So here's our first shot of Otis in the movie. Yes. And this is where he's lecturing the cheerleaders. About, Your brains just seem to expand. I'm thinking, like, on this Quantum whatever level, you know, just very Charles Manson-like yeah, 100%. influenced his speech that he's giving here. But this is what I wanted to say about him that's different from the rest of the movies. I feel like in House of a Thousand Corpses, and I've seen interviews with Rob Zombie about this, They he's not quite de-chop-topped yet. Right, yeah, There's I could still see a glimpse of it in there. Yeah, and I know Rob Zombie, I heard an interview where he's like, well, when he first came in, I had to like beat the chop top out of him. <laughs> like, he just kept going to do chop top. Like, no! But this scene especially, even the way he's walking around with his shoulders raised, his head low, like waving his arms, 100% chop top. Well, and then later he starts, I forget what part of the movie it is, but he's like, do you like what you see? Do you like what you see? It's very chop top. 
Yeah, but that's all. I want to point out how similar he is in this movie. But to that. I think this is my favorite version of Otis. Uh, yeah, you know what? If you ask me, if you want to break down the movies per family member, yeah. House is the Otis movie. Mm-hmm. Devil's Rejects is more the Spalding movie. Mm-hmm. And Three from Hell is the baby movie. 100%. You know what I mean? Where Three from Hell, baby steals the show. Yeah, exactly. That's I think they each kind of get their own. I even love in Three from Hell when Otis is like making comments of like baby's lost it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh they get their um give me a second there. They get there and Bill says, Well, do you want to tell your brother? He goes, Oh, he already left. Okay. Yeah, he's like she's like, No, RJ already left and Bill's like, He left? Like we got here two seconds ago. But he went to go tow the car back to their house because he shows up because they're still stuck inside the car, the rest of the people. And they're like, Wait a minute, I think I heard a noise. And then like giant man covered in a bear like hide comes up <laughs> and starts banging on the hood. And they're all screaming and trying to drive away. And they're like, Wait a minute, it's the tow truck guy. Yay! But to be fair, though, I would react oh the exact same way, with no doubt. Jesus, if this giant guy wearing an animal starts <laughs> beating on the car? Yeah. yeah, especially when you look at the size of this dude. Once again, this is what Glenn Danzig thinks he looks like. Of He's yes. like huge, he's got the huge chest, he's like ripped, but he's also fat somehow. Yeah, uh, very like just straight up like thick muscular. Yeah. Around this time, we cut back to the house with Baby and uh, Bill, and uh, they keep watching because they're watching Dr. Wolfenstein as well. I picked up on the movies this time. I really paid attention. They're watching The Old Dark House with Boris Karloff, uh, The Wolfman okay. with Lon Chaney Jr., of course, and we get a really yeah. big shot of Bella in that movie. Bella Lugosi's in this movie. And they're also watching House of Frankenstein. So this is a fucking awesome triple feature they're showing on Halloween night. Hell yeah. Uh, but Baby's really starting to hit on Bill here at the house. Like, takes his glasses and everything. Like, I need those to see. This is where Baby walks in, and she's wearing these pants. And half of her ass is hanging out. And Rob Zombie's, like, bend over in front of the camera. And his wife's like, okay. Yeah, exactly. And she's wearing, like, this, like, crop top thing. And it's just, like, super, like, okay, we see exactly where, like, why Rob Zombie is shooting these scenes. I love the yes. one canon thing of people were like, Rob Zombie only makes these movies to get the perfect shot of his wife's ass. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. But the others arrive back at the house at this point and they're sitting there for a while and they said, do you have a phone? We could call someone. And Mama Firefly shows up. She goes, we don't have one. And yeah, she's like, there ain't no one around here that I want to be jaw flapping at no more. <laughs> she says tonight is halloween eve and to us it's special yes and it is right then we get the shot of two dead cheerleaders is this where otis is they're like oh otis is upstairs and he's like in one of the cheerleader outfits strangling one of the cheerleaders and like laughing i don't know if that's right here no i think this is where you see two of them dead okay and one of them's like in bed still with them okay and then we cut to halloween dinner they're all sitting at the table, and they all have masks on their plate. Um, we are introduced to Tiny, yes. finally. Who is played by Matthew McGrory, who is a Howard Stern whack packer and the original Bigfoot on that show. Yes, he was. 
he's hard of hearing though. So mama writes, get grandpa for him. And he goes to get grandpa, very Texas chainsaw. Let's be real. And this is just a love letter to Texas chainsaw. And he's sprinkling some Rocky horror. Yeah. It's so much. And there's even like a tiny little music sting of like, get grandpa. And like, everyone does like a look and there's a tiny little music thing of like, Oh no, grandpa's coming. We know what this means, but it's almost like a grandpa monster almost from the original monsters because he has the big bushy like beard like side things like his cheeks are furry but his like middle part isn't yeah (laughs) which if he was still around like sadly he passed away i think not too long after this movie was shot but he would have made a fucking awesome grandpa monster in the like gritty rob zombie version of the monsters Yes, that's not what we got, though. No, but I'm fine. They all have to wear their masks for the Halloween dinner, and they start eating, and because Grandpa yells, she's not going to let us eat a damn thing till you put those masks on, so everyone does. And who is it? Chris Hardwick. Which is he? Is he Jerry, Jerry. or Bill? I don't remember. Jerry! Jerry starts asking. <laughs> oh, shit. How didn't I catch that until now? I just thought of it as soon as it was like Jerry. I was like, oh, Jerry. Oh, fuck. Oh, my God. <laughs> He starts asking Mama Firefly if she knows about Dr. Satan. And from behind, we hear, I know all about that. And Otis has joined dinner. Not only Otis, but there's also a fetus in a jar. Yes, very true. And I forget because uh, Mama Firefly is like, Otis, you joined us. And I forget what the name was, but and you brought brought nimbly. (laughs) And she starts like (laughs) tinking at the glass like, hello, ding, 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 ding. And everyone's like, oh, my God. So he's not telling them anything about Dr. Satan, and he starts getting real, like, nasty with them about, I bet you'd stick your head in the fire if I told you you could see hell, and just, like, yelling at him. It's like Spalding earlier with Bill, except he has no gotcha at the end. He's just yelling at him. Yeah, it's like, you would uh, rather leave here with your head still full of kitty cats and puppy dogs. Dinner's over at showtime. They barely <sighs> got to eat, but... I think they're just happy to get out of it. Grandpa just like, it's like, okay, dinner's over. It's showtime! And his mouth is full of mashed potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> it like zooms in. Yes. And the showtime is Grandpa does a stand-up set where basically it's like someone's doing a bad impression of Sam Kennison where he just yells offensive and like offensive things and cuss words and uh, screams. I won't lie. I'm sure there's a cut of like a 20 minute grandpa set. And yeah. I want to see it. They just let him go. But yeah, so after his part of Showtime, it's Baby's Song and Dance number. Yeah, where it's a, basically she's playing Betty Boop. Yeah. And I, earlier is a great scene of her getting ready and she's getting in the makeup and she's right there beside the cheerleaders. It's like, you guys haven't done anything to cheer me up this whole time you've been here. Give me a B. Give me an A. Give me a B. Give me a Y. What's that spell? What's that spell? <laughs> I think baby, the baby character I've always loved in this movie, because she goes from, like, cute, I want to do the Betty Boop dance, to this, but I don't think she realizes how evil this is, and that's the weirdest part about it to like, me. There's no weird transition there. Everything is fine. Yeah. 
but then she comes out, she's doing the dance, and she gets a little too handsy with Bill. And Denise, Bill's girlfriend, pushes her off her, and then she pulls a knife and like, I'm gonna cut your tits off. <laughs> yeah, because she pushes her baby off, and she's like, get off her, you fucking whore, you fucking skank. It's like, oh, you really fucked up there, I'm gonna cut your tits off. It's like, holy shit, she has a knife. <laughs> yeah, right when, like, everything's at a peak, the door slams open, car's done. And Mama Firefly is like, I think you got all better be getting out of here. It's like, yeah, we're out of here. And the the one is still like, fuck you, the baby. <laughs> <laughs> but they all get in the car, they start driving, but the gates close, like, to the farm. And Bill goes to get out and open it. But the scarecrows come to life and attack them. And it's actually Otis and Tiny, like, wearing giant jack-o'-lanterns on their head. Yeah. I think this scene's cool. I oh. love this when they get off the scarecrows and attack and everything. It's creepy because it's like it's middle of the night. It's raining. It's like downpouring. You get like fog and like the moon showing through the trees. So you get those beams of light. It looks awesome. It's creepy. They beat down whichever one was out, Bill or Jerry, and the other comes out to save them. Also beat down. They break through the windows and take the girls. Then big title card, October 31st, it's Halloween. Yeah, and you get um, RJ walking out, and he's just getting into his tow truck. It's just another day for them, you know. I have a question about the whole beat them down and capture them and everything. So, RJ was out there fixing their car the whole time. Mm -hmm. You already have them in the house. Why are we bothering with this? I think it's just they want to fuck with them. Like, that's a whole big part of it. Of like, yeah, we could just kill them, but that's not fun. That's the only possible explanation. Because you put in manual labor in the rain, changing the tire that you shot out, let them get in it, hope they don't get to the gate in time and get away. Like, you know, there's a lot of extra work and a little bit of extra chance you're taking in doing this. They just, they tow the car back and RJ's like, what the fuck? Why'd I, why'd you make me do all that goddamn work then? <laughs> but that's all. I was just curious, but yeah. October 31st. Denise's dad calls the police because Denise never showed up when she said she was on her way home. And they're like, okay, we'll go check out the area. And then it cuts to her. She wakes up tied to a chair with a dunce cap on, which I think is just the best touch. All the weird little shit like that, I won't lie, I love in this movie. Oh yeah, it's just hu- just humiliating them even farther. Yeah, like, the set design and just the, okay, we can have her staring at the wall tied up, put a dunce cap on. Just that little extra, go the extra mile that I love in this. Is this the one that's dressed up like Alice in Wonderland? I don't think so. I didn't catch someone dressed up as Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, because it makes sense with the whole run, rabbit, run thing at the end and stuff, and it's chasing the rabbit and whatnot. Oh, okay. Um, She goes, where's Bill? And Otis is like, oh, he was a great specimen. He's doing great. Me and him were up all night and talking about it. Then it cuts to Otis torturing him while baby's dancing while it's going on. And they're dancing to Brick House. Yes, which Rob Zombie did a cover of, but it oh. is not the Rob Zombie cover. Which, uh, it's, I think this is one of the only uh, non-Rob Zombie songs in this movie. Uh, I mean, we get the Betty Boop yeah, song. Yeah, get a couple. The song and dance. But for most of it, it's Rob Zombie, like, soundtrack. True, which he went extreme opposite of in the rest of his movies. I don't think, like, there's really any Rob Zombie songs in the rest of his movies. I don't think so. But, I mean, this was the novelty. You know, this was just going to see the band guy do a movie. Yeah, exactly. It's basically a long music video is what it feels like. Yeah. 
And then after telling her all this, we get that, that flashback. Otis goes, behold, fish boy, as he pulls the curtain off his newest sculpture. Yeah, and they've turned Dwight into a fish. <laughs> yeah, so like they taxidermied him to look like a weird mermaid creature thing. Which I can't remember if they ever made some like tiny little reference to that in the office at some point where someone called Dwight a fish or something. And he, I forget. I think there's something in the office where they do make a little joke about House of Thousand Corpses. Oh, I never caught that. Um, now I have to pay attention and find out. I have to watch all nine seasons again. <laughs> I am curious about. I get what the top half is. It's. Uh, Rain Wilson. Yeah. What fish did they use for the bottom half? Well, he's just really good at special effects makeup. Yeah, I'm like, Jesus, what monster? You almost ruined, like, this monster fish you caught by doing this. <laughs> that thing's enormous if it's, like, human size. At some point, Tom Zavini came through and they captured him and he, like, taught him some of his tricks to help keep himself alive for a little while, but he still ended up with Dr. Satan. That makes sense. <laughs> The police, it gets the police going to Captain Spaulding's, uh, very tense, finally draws them the map they drew the kids from the night before. I feel like they're kind of addicted to Spaulding, granted we find out later it's quite deserved, but oh yeah, at this point for no reason, just because he's a weird clown guy. Walter Goggins. We all make money somehow. Who plays uh, Deputy Steve uh, Nash or something, uh, the complete jackass guy, like the deputy younger guy. He plays it so well of he's like, shut the fuck up, Spalding. We don't have time for your, like, you know, song and dance. Just tell us the facts and shut the fuck up. And it just completely wrongs him, uh, rubs him the wrong way, of course. And then he's like, draw us the map. And there's there anything else that you know? And he does the, hmm, let me think with like the finger to the head scratch. And it's like, well, I don't rightly know. I wasn't asking him about writing a book on him. Dude, the younger cop, I think is the perfect, like slow-mo victim yeah. later. Like his whole thing. Dude, the facial expression that guy's breaking out is like perfect later on. Oh yeah. Mary wakes up from a dream and her dream was the skunk ape Dr. Satan dream. Oh yeah, where the skunk ape had sex with the old man's wife and they have a picture of it. <laughs> yes. Um, I think it's behind her. I don't remember who's behind, but holy crap, the giant creature from the Black Lagoon poster. Yeah. Holy shit. Where it's and you know, like, they got that from Universal. Oh like, yeah. Because that's what this all came from was the Universal Haunted House. Man, I want that thing so bad, that giant poster. It's like a wall-sized mural. Yeah, it's really cool. I love it. But yeah, she wakes up from the dream, and she's downstairs tied up. Tiny offers her breakfast, which she doesn't take. She asks him, please let me go. You know, we see this in every movie, except Tiny goes, okay. Well, he doesn't say that, but he listens and just unties her. Oh, yeah, because at first, like, it's cereal in a dog bowl, and he wants to eat it at first, but he's like, wait a minute, I better off it. Do you want some? And she turns her head like, no, then he immediately starts gobbling it down, and he's like, oh, I got my cereal, I don't care, sure, go. Yeah, he lets her go, she makes it to the steps, but Otis is there, where the hell do you think you're, you're going? I'm so confused on this part still today, and I hope you can answer some questions. He throws her, like, into this cage down there with a bunch of what you think are just pillows and blankets but it's other girls who jump on her and attack her and it quickly cuts away. What the hell is this? I don't 
Because is that the same girl from that gets away at the end? No, the girl who gets away at the end was Denise, who is the one who was with Bill. Okay. Who is upstairs with the dunce cap. This is the other one. So is it like cannibalistic cheerleaders that they have in this cage? Yeah, I'm like, is it Dr. Satan patients that they oh, have in there? Possibly. I have no idea. I love That's only because they're all like feral-like, you know what I mean? Yeah, they all just go to rip her apart. Like, oh, we're getting fed. I do love Tiny's t-shirt, though. Just uh, cheap-ass horror costume, uh, Halloween costume. <laughs> I love it. Because it's still Halloween, and you forget at this point. Because honestly, the night before seemed more Halloween-ish than this part. No, no, tonight's the ritual. <laughs> That's true. Well, we're not at tonight yet. It's still a morning-ish. Yeah, Halloween morning's weird, because it's like, okay, let's get going, but I'm still tired. That's what movie am I putting on first, as I'm yawning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, Jerry is tied up upstairs with Baby in a chair, and she goes, Who's my favorite movie star? And you have to guess. And he guesses Marilyn Monroe. And, oh, good guess, but no, Betty Davis. And she scalps him because he got the answer wrong. Yeah, because she starts cutting his hair. And it's like, don't, uh, shut up. I don't want to slip. <laughs> Cuts back to the cops. They find the the car and they open the trunk, and there's a dead cheerleader, one of them in the trunk, with treat or trick carved into her side. Yeah. Are they illiterate, maybe? I mean, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt that, that they don't exactly know. But Halloween is supposedly their favorite thing, so come on. Yeah, you'd, you'd think they at least get the word right. Um, Grandpa and Otis are watching the monsters on TV <laughs> while they're throwing knives at Jerry. Yeah, and I love uh, Grandpa's like, get me behind the wheel of that thing. I'll to show him how to drive. And it's like, you shut the fuck up, old man. Because <laughs> he starts to get up to like grab his cane to hit Otis. And Otis like, sit the fuck down. And he holds his knife up to him. I just want to point out the full circle of this all. This is Rob Zombie's first movie, which has the monsters in it, and now his most recent movie is legitimately the monsters. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. That's pretty, yeah, it's a nice, like, well, and he's such a huge fan of it. Yeah. He has the polar bear, yeah. which is just insane. The real one from the TV show. I When they used to have MTV Cribs, I remember he had the polar bear in his house. That is so cool. Denise's dad meets up with the cops to search. They arrive at the farm pretty quickly. And one goes to the door to question, and the dad and the younger deputy are searching the back. The two in the back find a bunch of girls, some tied up, some dead in the barn. But that's, I'm getting ahead of myself, because, the is he the sheriff, or yeah, I would the get, main one? I think he's the sheriff. But he opens the door and is talking to Mama Firefly, and she's, like, I think putting the moves on him a little bit. Well, yeah, Mama Firefly is, like, always kind of horny. Yeah, and that goes on for the next one, too. Yeah. But when they opened the barn door and found all this, he radios to the one questioning her, and as he looks down at his radio, she just pulls out a gun and shoots him slow-mo right in the head. And we have this weird, like, kind of song going on in the background it's like a weird like yodeling country song but it fits so well with what's going on that's exactly how i was about to describe it so perfectly yes because the dad starts running and you see otis like pop up behind the barn and he shoots him like through the chest a couple times yeah, then he goes up to, and he's pointing the gun at the deputy. And it's just a little 
thing that Bill Mosley's doing, but he has the gun up and he's also scratching his belly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it's so uh, not important to him. You know what I mean? This isn't a big moment at all. Yeah. And this, I thought, I always think like my DVD is skipping here. Yeah. Because they use this crane shot like going up into the sky and then it stops, but nothing's still happening and it's quiet. He's just pointing the gun point blank at the cop with his hands behind his head. And it just holds there for what feels like eternity. I always think it's somehow paused. Yeah, it holds there for like around 30 seconds of just... And it's really like, I enjoy it. Like, I've heard some people criticize it, being like, what the fuck? But I like it. Oh, that's not a complaint. Because once you realize what it's doing, it's like how tense you feel in that moment. And then gunshot, he kills him. Because you know something's going to happen, but you just don't know when. Yeah, exactly. So it's got you on the edge of your seat the whole time. Next is a scene that really, I am not complaining in the slightest, has no reason to be in the movie, but I'm very thankful it was, is the Red Hot Pussy Licker scene. Oh, I love it. Well, it's just, this is the scene where Rob Zombie's like, I want to shoot my wife's ass. So it's just uh, Cherry Moon walking up in like assless chaps. And she's like playing with bubble gum. Then she goes in and they're buying, oh, that's a whole lot of holy water you're buying. But they're just buying like boxes and boxes of liquor. He's like, what's the damage? I'm afraid it's quite severe. $182. (laughs) Oh, that's not too bad, goober. No, actually, it's his name tag says. His name tag says Goober on it, but one of them's written in there, and he has an explanation for it. Well, it's actually G-Ober. The new guy in the back, he put that extra O in there. Fucking asshole. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, nothing happens, and she just leaves with the liquor, but that's all. It's one of those ones... I just stuck with me for some reason. I can't quite place why as a kid, but yeah, they throw like probably two hundred dollars at him. It's like here, go get your name, go get yourself a new name, Goober. It's like, wow, thanks. Now come on back to Red Hot Pussy Liquors. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now it's the Halloween party. All three of our survivors are like tied up in, I guess, what you call the living room or the dining room, but underneath the steps. Right. I don't know. And Otis comes down wearing Denise's dad's face and chest. Yeah, because we get some cool shots of, like, the skinned corpse up there. And it looks like an alien. It looks so fucked up. I it, can't believe that she doesn't seem to realize it's not her dad at first. Yeah, because at first she's like, Dad? Dad? I think she's just so out of it. That has to be it, because I imagine you'd notice, but he's like, give dad some sugar and tries to kiss her and like, it sends her into a panic, as it would anybody. Yeah, well, he does, Otis does the thing where he shoves his tongue through the mask, and he's like, <laughs> and he goes, I'm gonna let you meet Dr. Satan. It's true, the boogeyman is real, and you found him. Which is a cool line, and it's cool too, because like, Otis lifts up the face, so now like, Otis's actual face is just covered in blood. Yeah, and you gotta imagine all kinds of other nasty, like, pussy, gross body fluid. I don't see these being shower people. No, I don't think so. Like, in general. (laughs) I mean, they might take a wet rag in the mud crick and wipe themselves off once in a while. Sometimes when they're outside, it rains. (laughs) Yeah, that's about it. The ritual's about to start. They all go out. 
now in their Sunday best. Like, Otis is wearing corpse paint at this point, correct? Yes, he's wearing corpse paint and this, like, long, like, red robe. Like, he does, um, at, like, Comic-Cons and stuff, he does photo shoots with this makeup still on. Why was he doing that when we saw him? Yeah, that would have been so cool. Oh, damn it. But, yeah, it's, they put Jerry in the coffin and they're gonna lower him down in front of the tree, which I'm assuming is the hanging tree. Oh, yeah, most likely. I didn't catch that little thing, but that makes sense. Yeah, that's what I think it has to be. But they put him in, and then Mary starts running, and Otis looks like he's going to shoot her, and Baby goes, nah, I got her. And then we get the, run, rabbit, run, and she takes off. Yeah, and this is almost like the a little bit more of the Alice in Wonderland thing starts here, because the girl that's in the uh, Alice in Wonderland costume is actually in the coffin. Because she's running through the mazes and stuff. and Yeah. So, Baby catches up to her. And she's at this place with all these, like, random... It looks like a graveyard, but it's not a graveyard. There's all these random sticks and stakes in the ground and stuff. And then she's like, I'm gonna get you! And she's running around. And she's... The victim is looking all around, like, every which way, you know? Here's the thing. This reminds me of Friday the 13th Part 8, Brett. Okay. As you know, one of the best Friday the 13th movies. The worst one. You remember when it's like that girl's in the dance room, the one where Jason picks yeah. her up and just drops her and kills her? Yes. But she keeps spinning around and Jason's like appearing, which looks real cool for us, the audience. But in reality, it's like she's just spinning and Jason might take a few steps here and there. Same with this scene. Like, Baby's not like... The Flash, you know what I mean? She can't run at super speed, so why isn't she seeing her darting around her and everything? It looks cool, don't get me wrong, but like, in reality, what the fuck is going on? She's skipping around her at like half a mile an hour. (laughs) Yeah, so, I mean, like, again, it looks cool for us, but when you think about it, it falls apart. Yeah. But she stabs her a shit ton of times over and over and over again and then classically licks the blade. Oh, yeah, of course. Otis then puts Denise in the coffin with Jerry, so they're both in there and and they are both lowered down. Now, this is what almost when it feels like this is a whole could be a whole separate movie. Like, it's like he took two ideas and he glued them together because he's even made comments before of I thought this was going to be my only movie ever. So I tried to fit as much into it as I could. Definitely, and a lot of it, like, you could still keep Dr. Satan, I guess. You keep the experiments. Some stuff you'd almost have to tone down if you knew you were doing more after this. You know what I mean? Like the super bionic axe man. (laughs) Right. Also, I do want to talk about the tiny touch. (laughs) I didn't even mean that pun. The little touch of Tiny putting the mask on the dead dead Mary there. Well, it's almost like he kind of, like, felt bad, but, like, not really. Like, he feels as bad as he's capable of, maybe? Yeah, exactly. Isn't he also dressed up like Batman? I don't remember what Otis is dressed up. Grandpa's dressed up as Loki. Oh, no, but I'm saying, Grandpa's dressed up as Loki. I don't remember what Tiny was. I think, uh, isn't uh, Grandpa a samurai? I'm almost positive he's Loki. Okay. I gotta double check though, because I like old school Loki. I'm gonna double check. Because I know what Loki you're talking about with like the big horns and stuff. All right, I found it. It does appear that Tiny is Batman. Nice. You're correct. I can't find Grandpa in any like image searches though. I, okay, he's either a samurai or Loki I though. We're gonna go with that. He's in like a bright green outfit. 
Yeah, bright green and gold, and he has horns. I assume Loki, but it might be a samurai. Yeah, uh, one of those. Yes. But they lower a lantern down and a tape player that's just making this weird noise. Yeah, it's just like, it's garbled like sentences. Yeah. And then these zombie-looking things, which I'm assuming are failed experiments, rip open the coffin they're in. They get Jerry and pull him in. And Denise gets out and kind of runs down this tunnel. And she finds an old man in a rabbit suit. And another man rips her rabbit suit off and takes hers. Is the old man in the rabbit suit, has he just been down there for years, like, hiding? I feel like that's got to be the case, and he somehow survives, so the rabbit suits must be the key, so this one's stored? I don't know. It's like, oh no, no it's, yeah, the, he's like, you lost your lifeline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, back up on the surface, Black Metal Otis, who looks like he should be fronting Ghost right now, yes. puts Mary's body on this pyre and lights it. Yeah, and it's all very cool and like Halloween, like cult-ish stuff. Yeah. Um... Denise is walking through what I've now dubbed the corpse tunnel, because there's a, <laughs> a thousand corpses lining the side of it. <laughs> she makes it to this weird bone castle-looking place, and the doors open, and you see Dr. Satan's patients in there, and he's currently operating on Jerry. Man, that didn't take long from getting the patient in there to be getting surgery, did it? No, and Jerry's already, like, dying. Like, his skull is already open. Dr. Satan's a pro. Yeah, well, I mean, his skull was... He was already scalped. So yeah. It's easy to get in there. Well, I love the his like Doctor Satan's patients are sitting around in what just looks like a waiting room, and they're all watching televisions, but it's nothing but static. Yeah, and they're like eating popcorn. Like they all like she comes running into the room. They all like look up at her and they go back to watching TV. <laughs> yeah, they're uninterested except for this axe guy who starts chasing her. This guy looks like something out of Resident Evil or something like that. This big, like, experiment with weird goggles with a giant battle axe. He's like, why are you running away? I only want to ax you a question. <laughs> Anna was watching this part with me because he chases her to the door and he swings at her and he accidentally breaks down the door. And she goes, huh, it was an accident. Ah, <laughs> that's perfect. Love that. <laughs> I told her, I'm like, I'm going to use that. I'll give you credit, though, but I'm going to use that. Very nicely done, Anna. But she starts running back through the tunnel, and the axe guy's all phlegmy and nasty. He's coughing <laughs> up all this snot and grossness. They pause for a second. He's like, just a second, I need to be disgusting for a minute. And he just, like, throws up mucus. He's like, okay, there's my disgusting quota. Now I gotta kill you. <laughs> He's, like, trying to attack her, but he swings and breaks a beam, and the tunnel partially collapses onto him. Next morning comes, she wakes up, and looks like Axe Guy is permanently out. So she crawls over him and makes her way to the surface somehow, just like through the dirt by the looks of it. Yeah, she literally just like crawls through the earth and just like breaks through the surface. She makes it to the road all triumphant. She survived. She needs help though. And Captain Spaulding picks her up. She's like, girl, are you okay? And she's like, I'm all right. The hospital puts her in the car and he starts driving her. She falls asleep. Then what's our ending? Oh, Otis pops out, and he just looks at her and smiles. And then it cuts to... It's like extreme drill surgery noises, and she wakes up. And it looks like she's on the slab, because Dr. Satan's, like, over her. 
So, all, honestly, the weird thing is, too, that's our first confirmation that Spalding's in on any of this. Yeah, that's what I was thinking watching, like, a few years ago watching it again. I was like, oh, yeah, I forget that it's not really connected to the very end of this movie. And the next movie is where we get all of the Captain Spalding and the family stuff. Yeah, exactly. I was like, Captain Spalding's Wait, dad. What a wild movie. Look, I mean, love it or hate it, you can't tell me that you're bored watching oh, this. It's not boring at all. It does not stop. Yeah, that's House of a Thousand Corpses kicked off the Rob Zombie era of horror. If you're a fan of that or not, I am. I'm glad everything we've gotten after it, even the shitty things, but all comes from this. Even like how um Three from Hell. It's my least favorite of the trilogy, but I still enjoy it because I love these characters so much. Yeah, I wanted to see them go on. I wish it was done a couple years earlier. Yeah. It would have been a lot better, but I mean, that's all we can do. Right. All right. So you want to get Count of the Dead? Yes, get into the Count of the Dead. Ah, ah, ah. All right, Throg Miller, Count of the Deads, where we tally up all the deaths in the movie. How many do you think we got with House of a Thousand Corpses? Oh, real quick, real quick. Yeah. We always call it House of a Thousand Corpses. Right. Why does no one call it House of One Thousand Corpses? I don't know. You know what I mean? Technically, if we're reading that title, oh yeah, that's it should true. be House of One Thousand Corpses. Not why, and myself included. Why do we all say House of a Thousand Corpses? House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah, that's weird. You know what I mean? Well, it's House of One Thousand Corpses. It sounds so like proper and like oh 1000 <laughs> you know it's just i just i was thinking about that like no one calls it house of 1000 corpses well, like, but that's what the title is how many times even in this episode alone i'm probably like house of corpses <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's all okay count of the dead where do you think we're at well the name of the movie does have 1000 corpses in it so i'm gonna guess a thousand I can't imagine a movie ever having a thousand, counting the way we do. I mean, sure, you can show worlds blowing up, and yeah. buildings falling, okay. But the way we count, I can't imagine we ever hit that. It's good. There would have to be so many kills at once throughout the entire movie with nothing else going on. Yeah. Um. Honestly, I'm going to say eight. Eight? Sure. Man, Rob Zombie was... Cracking open a few more heads than you were expecting. We got to 14. Oh, damn. Nice. Bunch of guys at the beginning. Remember that going on? Yeah. Couple cops. Lots of dead random victims who we would see alive and then dead at the house. That's where our biggest amount came from. All those cheerleaders? Yes. Very nice. And then Flemmy Axe guy, you know. Yeah. Well, that's Greg's count of the dead. Ah, ah, ah. And now we're getting to my ratings from Dimension Z. Um, so basically, I take the movie and I rate it 1 through 10, 1 being the worst and 10 being the best. And I rate it from something from the movie. Let me see what would be good for this one. All right. So All right. we're going to do fried chicken. Okay. Hell yeah. All right. You were, I knew you were going to. I was like, there's not really food in this. I overlooked <laughs> the very obvious Spalding product placement oh, at the beginning. There is some delicious fried chicken or fried people, possibly? I don't. I never got cannibal vibes. I don't think so. Uh, it's just a fun headcanon thing I like. Um, okay. So basically... Uh, a very tiny person. That's like a femur. Well, have, <laughs> someone's leg. They have to mold it and whatnot. Oh, okay. They cut into that shape. Oh, I see. They're like, this tastes like pork. 
So a number one version of fried chicken, the worst kind of fried chicken. It's like you go to the supermarket and they have this fried chicken there where sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not. This time it's not good. It's all soggy. No matter, like, you try to reheat it in the air fryer, it's just not going. It's just really bad, old, dry fried chicken that's been sitting under those, like, heat lamps. Okay. Um, a number 10 version of fried chicken, the best fried chicken, It's it's got to be KFC, right? Oh, no. I mean, they're really good. Especially for fast food. I don't think they're the best, though. I don't, because, like, I know there are, like, actual fried chicken restaurants. Never been to one. Okay. And I'm, okay, we'll go. Real, really good fried chicken is a 10. I got you. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give House of 1,000 Corpses. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to give it 9 fried chickens out of 10. It's really close to being perfect in my book. Some of the things I love about it probably also kind of hold it back for me from being a 10, but this is most likely my favorite Rob Zombie movie. That's fair. I'm a little under you, but as under you as is allowed. I'm just eight and a half fried chicken out of ten. Very nice. Um, look, sorry, Rob Zombie haters. I really like this movie at all. It, not as much as Devil Re- Devil's Rejects, which I believe I gave a nine. Like the things I don't like are just simple mistakes. And I mean, a first time guy who's not a filmmaker doing it. I mean, holy shit, it's good. But those little things like. Well, why isn't this? Just a few questions if I feel like he would have sat back and asked himself, would have fixed and rode around, would have got it to a 10. But still, love this movie. Yeah, and this it was good enough that they gave him, like, how many movies has he done Has he done now, you know? They gave him the Halloween franchise for a few years. <laughs> that was because they weren't doing anything with Halloween. Yeah. You didn't even ask for that. Did you hear the story of that? No. He literally got a call. It was like, Halloween, you got it. Do something with it. Oh. That was it. Like he didn't, he didn't lobby for anything. He literally got called up there's, to do it. There's been so many movies that have had him attached to it at one point or another. Like, remember when they were going to remake the Blob and he was going to direct it? Exactly. Yeah. Which I remember being like, I'm excited. Let's see what he does with the Blob. You know, never happened. I don't know what what more you could do with the Blob to make it exciting when we already have two versions of it, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, that's House of 1,000 Corpses. <laughs> ha- perfect Throbtober movie. Yeah, happy Throbtober. We hope you're enjoying it. We got more Halloween goodness coming towards you here in the future, and you've probably already listened to some here in the past, so keep listening. Yep. This is an earlier one, so this is going up towards the beginning of the month. Don't okay. worry, it's coming all month. Oh yeah, don't worry. So yeah, unless you have anything else, man. No, that's all I got. Awesome. Well, we hope that House of 1,000 Corpses has left (laughs) her brain throbbing with horror. Do you like throbbing with horror? Their early shows were a little too avant-garde for me, but I hear if you follow them on the social media, they do terrific work. You should probably rate them five stars wherever you're listening to them. It makes their show a cut above the rest. Make sure you tune in next week. Wouldn't want to miss another episode, right? (laughs) Hey, Paul!